Thank you, girls. Appreciate it very, very, very much. We're definitely difference, aren't we? We're called to make a difference, but we're also called to love them. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to the book of John, John chapter number 3, John chapter number 3, and, uh, and listen, let me just say this as I begin, don't, don't shut me out because of the familiar, familiarity of this uh, passage of Scripture, but I'm going to read beginning in verse number 14 here in just a moment, John chapter 3, uh, and verse number 14 down through verse number 17, and uh, you know, it seems like here the last uh, few weeks, the last couple weeks specifically, that... Uh, uh, God has been reminding me about the need to be to to love people. Um, I, I tell you, we 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 live in a in some strange times, and there's some very strange things taking place in our nation right now. And I don't know if you're not, maybe you're not like me, all right, but uh, it kind of works me up, and I, and and I find myself not responding in love, but rather in revenge and retaliation and, you know, get those people out of there, do, you know, uh, shoot them with rubber bullets or salt. And why you say, I, again, I told you, you're probably not like me. All right. Uh, but I, I respond uh, and that's not right. That, that's not right. There, there, uh, there are, <clears throat> we, we can't, we should not expect lost people to act saved. Uh, and we should uh, love them. What needs to take place, and we know this tonight, uh, what needs to take place is a change of heart. There, there's no kind of social, uh, economic help that's going to do any good uh, outside of a change of their heart. And they're going to have to see a genuine love from you and I, from those that claim to know the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, God has told us to love uh, as He loves. Uh, we, we are, the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that at salvation that God's love is shed abroad in our heart. Uh, he tells us to love the lost. He tells us to love our enemies. Overwhelmingly, we've see, we see throughout the Word of God that it, God is indeed a God of love. And so I'm going to read a little bit uh, here in just a moment. But uh, before... Before we get to verse 14, though, we know the context of chapter 3 is the, the, the first part of it is the conversation that takes place between Jesus and Nicodemus. And, and really, before a person can really fully appreciate the greatness of John 3.16, they must, first of all, have a, a conversation with Jesus Christ. Maybe we could even say a, a, a confrontation, uh, and then ultimately a conversion. I believe, uh, I believe uh, Nicodemus got saved. I do. We don't have his verbal testimony here, but I, I believe uh, Nicodemus, uh, comparing Scripture with Scripture a little bit later on, just a testimony of his life, uh, that he ultimately uh, got saved, I believe we'll see him uh, in heaven someday. Now, uh, uh, John chapter 3, let me read verse 14 down through verse number 17 and we'll get right, right to work. The Bible says, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. There's that verse that likely everyone in the sound of my voice could quote all of it, uh, if not, no doubt, the, the greater portion of it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be might be saved. Let's have prayer and we'll go back and work just a little bit in this portion tonight and challenge us, hopefully, remind us of the importance, really the most important message uh, 
the most important message that we're to communicate. Father, thank you so much for your goodness tonight and for the, uh, this church and uh, pastor and his family inviting us. And Lord, uh, again, just the, 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 the welcome that we received tonight has just been a blessing, uh, overwhelming. We're thankful for that, thankful uh, for the uh, opportunity to open the Word of God. I pray you'd uh, help me to share the things that you've uh, burdened my heart about. And Lord, that you would be able to uh, preach the message tonight and use me. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we, I read the prior to verse 16, obviously, the, to get more of the context, uh, this conversation that's taken place, and, uh, Jesus takes, oh, Nicodemus, he takes him back to the book of Numbers and chapter number 21, where Moses was told by God, uh, to make a serpent of brass and raise it on a pole, and, uh, and when, uh, when they were bitten by that fiery serpent, remember, they were to look to that brazen serpent, uh, and in turn, they would be saved. It wasn't the serpent that that saved them, it was the look of faith, right? It wasn't, uh, that wasn't some good luck charm, but rather it was a look, really, uh, as we sing in the hymn book, look and live, my brother live. They looked in faith to that brazen serpent that God had told them to f- uh, fashion together. And the Bible says then, Jesus says, as Moses lifted up that servant, uh, serpent, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. What? That we would look to Him. We would look to Christ uh, in faith uh, and be saved. And Jesus then gave the meaning of that brazen serpent. It was to picture the lifting up of Christ. And now everyone, we know everyone has been bitten by sin because all have sinned. Uh, and uh, we need to look to the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. There's so much uh, in this verse, but I want to just kind of, there's three things, all right? Three things, and there might be just a couple underneath those three, all right? But three things, just very quickly tonight, that I'd like to uh, challenge us with and, uh, and share with us tonight. And again, don't, don't tune me out, because too many times I, I found this, that when you turn to a portion of Scripture that's familiar, uh, people say, well, I've heard everything. I've heard that. I've, pre- I've heard print message on that all my life. You're not going to tell me anything that I don't know. But listen, I, I firmly believe, though, uh, not that there's anything new, all right? Now, I don't have any kind of a new revelation or anything like that, but I believe God has something for us uh, tonight. So we're going to look at the popularity of this verse and then kind of some of the phrase, how it's put together, some wording uh, in this verse. And then real quickly as we close up, there's a parallel. There's a parallel to this verse found in the book of Ephesians that literally gives the so of God's love. Because you know the Bible says that God... He didn't just love the world, and the world is every man, woman, boy, and girl. There's no class distinction, no racial distinction. He loves people, all right? The world, every every individual on the top side of this world that has ever been born or ever will be born, God, they are the object of the love of God. Right? And, and therefore, they should, you and I, that name the name of Christ, they should be the object of our love as well. We should love people. And I know it's, uh, some people are hard to love. I understand that. We're not, I've heard, I heard one uh, preacher say that uh, we're not called to like them, we're called to love them. Right? We're, we're called to love them and show the love of God to them, to win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the popularity of this verse, obviously it's likely one of the most popular verses uh, in all the Word of God. As I mentioned, probably everyone in here could quote uh, all of it, if not uh, a portion of it. You, you see it at, uh, at parades and uh, in stadiums. They'll hold up signs and all these kinds of things uh, and other kind of secular type of 
advance. It's a very popular, popular verse. And someone might wonder, well, what, what good is just one verse? Well, let me remind you that this one verse, John 3, 16, uh, is from the Word of God. And this one verse, there's enough, enough gospel in this one verse to save the world. Uh, and this is indeed the very Word of God. Uh, it has the power of God's Word, no doubt, to change lives. It's amazing. It'd be amazing. This is something that we will not uh, likely understand until we get to heaven. It would be amazing to know how many lives have been changed. How many people have been saved as a result of this one verse. Uh, not saying that we need to focus just uh, 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 exclusively on this verse because we have the whole of the Word of God. But this one verse tonight is very, very popular. And in this verse, we see God's plan for man revealed. It's God's plan for all mankind to be saved. That's His desire, all the, all the great truths of the Old Testament port, point towards this verse. All of the New Testament points back to this verse. We're looking back uh, to this verse uh, as we find ourselves in, uh, in 2020, the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. This, this, this uh, verse has been called the gospel uh, in a nutshell. It's been called uh, Christ gospel in one sentence. A man by the name of J. Sidlow Baxter said this, what the sun is to our solar system, John 3.16 is in relation to the Christian message as Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune range in their uh, ceaseless rotation round the central magnet of fire and receive their illumination from it. So all the distinctive truths of redemption, the riches of divine grace, the forgiveness of sins, propitiation, recognition, Reconciliation, justification, eternal salvation, and glorification revolve around this supreme statement of God's redeeming love like lamps of silver in fallen man's dark sky. Now, I'm, I'm telling you what, I'm glad there's men that talk like that, aren't you? I'm glad that I can read after them. And man, what, what depth. Uh, to that uh, in that statement that what the solar system is as it revolves around the sun so spiritually speaking uh, is this verse of scripture when it comes to the salvation of all mankind uh, again as I mentioned already there's enough gospel in this verse to save the world God loves uh, God gave and God saves that's all found right within verse number 16 now uh, the popularity of this verse though understand it does not do a person any good Matter of fact, a person could quote it tonight uh, and, and just, qu just quoting it will not do a person any good when it comes to their eternal soul. Uh, and that's the, the truths from it must be received. Uh, one must come to grips and understand that yes, God, indeed, God does indeed love me. Uh, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, we must understand these truths that is relayed uh, in this verse. And in order for Nicodemus to be born from above, matter of fact, in order for anyone to be born from above, they must act upon the precepts of the verse, not just the fact that it's well known. Not just it's something that's that that that's that's common, uh, if you will. Now let's look at how it breaks down, and this is very tremendous. Maybe you've seen this before, but the words in this verse there are it really centers around ten words. We could say, and rightly so, that the ten very most important words uh, in all of the English language. Likely the most important words that anyone will ever consider, uh, and they are these words. They are God, loved, world, gave, son, whosoever believeth, perish, have 
and life. And in these ten words, and you'll find here in a moment that these ten words, they pair up very nicely uh, into five pairs. Uh, And the second word literally comes out of the first. And we'll look at that very briefly tonight uh, as we just want to break down and understand something of the love of God that has been shed abroad in our heart. And now we have the ability to love as God loves. We can look at these, we we should, all right? I should. We should, as God's people, when we see these, uh, these people that are, that are, are, are committing wickedness and, and all these things, rather than responding in retaliation and revenge, it should be that, listen, they need, they need someone to love them. They need someone to share the gospel. Our world does not understand what the true answer is. That's why, that's why when we went through this virus, that church was considered non-essential. That's just an optional extra. The world understand, don't understand the importance of God's Word, the importance of meeting together in a setting such as this for, for worship and for the, the communicating and the receiving of the very Word of God. Now, uh, as, these, as these go, uh, as these uh, words go, as again, I mentioned, they, they come out in phrases or in, in uh, pairs, if you will. The first one is God and Son. The first pair is God and Son. And in this, in these titles or these words, we see both the, the supreme giver and the supreme gift. Uh, the, the giver of this verse and the gift of this verse is one and the same. I'm not saying that there's a difference. We know that Jesus Christ uh, is God in the flesh, but we see revealed in this that God saw, He looked down through eternity past and, he, uh, in, the fu- in, in eternity future and He saw that there was going to be a need and He not only saw the need, but He made preparation to meet that need and that is found in the giving of the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw the need of mankind and planned the means of it. Luke chapter 3 and verse number 6 speaks about the salvation of God. Uh, The prophet Jonah uh, in his situation, he would make this statement. He would say salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is not found in the mind of man uh, because when, 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 when the minds of men get involved in salvation, that's where we see religion. That's where we see all kinds of works. Uh, you gotta do this. You gotta be baptized. You gotta, your good has to outweigh your bad in order for you to be saved. That's man. When man puts their hands upon God's salvation, that's the result. But God says, listen, I've seen the need. They're, uh, they are lost without Christ. They are lost and hopeless. And He gave the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation is God's plan, uh, again, not man's, and that we might be reconciled back to Him. That word reconciled means to restore uh, a relationship. Uh, and so we could say it like this, the supreme giver gave the supreme gift uh, in the gifting of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the gift then, I said that a while ago, that as we look at these, these uh, pairs of words, that the second literally comes out of the first. That the Son came from God. Uh, and He gave the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so the only begotten Son of God, Jesus Christ, He's not the one and only Son, but rather He is the only begotten Son of God. God planned it and God gave His Son to die in mine and your place. And yes, the world's place. Every man, woman, boy, and girl in Galatians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says, When the fullness of time was come, 
Uh, you know, we like to we like to, uh, we like to be in control of things, and I, I I like to be in control of things and timing of things. But ultimately, it's all in God's timing. Uh, even the sending of the Son, even uh, when the fullness of time was come, when God saw fit uh, and it was ready, He sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them. That was the purpose of His coming. So God and Son. Second of all, the next phrase or the next pair of words is love and gave. Love and gave. What motivated God to give His Son? Love. Love. He loved for God so loved the world. So the giving grows out of, or it comes out of, it's a result of His love. God so loved that He gave. Uh, and the fact that God gave His Son comes from the fact, again, that He loves us. And you ask me, why does He love us? My answer to that is, I don't know. <laughs> you think, well, boy, what kind of answer is that? Well, I don't know. I, you tell me. Why would God love us? Why, why would He love a people that, by and large, uh, the, on the majority scale, reject Him? Uh, and refute His Word and look for every excuse under the sun not to, not to recognize Him in society? All I can tell you that God loves us because He does. Uh, matter of fact, He would tell the nation of Israel. We can go back to the book of Deuteronomy. I believe it's in chapter 6 and verse 7 and 8, somewhere around in there. Uh, and we wonder why God loves Israel. Well, God gives the answer right there. God loves Israel because He does. That's what it says. God loves Israel because He loves Israel. God loves mankind because He does. It's a stated fact. But not only that, it's a stated fact. He demonstrated that love, didn't He? Uh, he gave. That's a demonstration of His love. When we love someone, you know, we can say, I love you all day long. You can say, we can tell our, our spouse, we can tell our children, children can tell their parents, I love you. But if there's never any action behind that, it's empty. Uh, salvation is not, uh, the Bible tells not in word, but rather not in tongue and in word, but in deed and in truth. Love is action. Uh, and so the motivation uh, of the giving was the fact that He loved us and He demonstrated that love by, by giving. Uh, and so it says He so loved. That's the greatest love known to mankind. He so loved the world that He gave that you and I might be saved. And every person needs, that, needs, that, needs to know that God loves them and that He has extended His salvation to them. You know, uh, <clears throat> I dare say, I dare say right now that everyone in the sound of my voice that knows the Lord Jesus Christ, when I begin to ask you about your testimony of salvation or when you got saved, likely there's an individual or there's a church that comes to your mind. Uh, someone that what? Someone that invested in you, someone that demonstrated love for you uh, and had compassion upon you and did what? And showed the gospel to you, showed maybe a love, maybe it was a co-worker, maybe a family member, maybe again a collective group in a church. Again, the, the, the scenarios are, they, they vary, but still someone took opportunity to display love to you. And you know what? Many of us likely at times, specifically before we got saved, were unloving and unlovable, maybe even just a bit surly, a bit mean. But yet someone took opportunity and even, even maybe faced a bit of confrontation to show us true, genuine love. Love. Now the, the second, or the, excuse me, the third uh, pair is world and whosoever. World and whosoever. 
The world is the object of the love of God. All men, all people, everyone in the sound of my voice. And I'm glad. Aren't you glad, preacher? And not just preachers, but specifically as a preacher. I said this many times as I was preaching. If salvation was just for an exclusive group, a particular group, a particular race, or whatever, I would find something else to do. Uh, but rather we preach and we're able to share a whosoever will salvation. Whosoever will may come. The, the object of God's love uh, is the world, uh, and I'm glad for that. I'm, get, I'm glad God's love is made personal by the whosoever in this verse. One might say, who in the world can be saved? The answer is whosoever will. Uh, the whosoever comes out of the world and the whosoevers are sitting in this room tonight and they're scattered all across this nation and all across this world. That's the whomsoevers that can be saved. Uh, notice the whomsoever again, or the whosoever grows out uh, of the world. The world is all of us. The whosoever is each of us. God loves the world as a whole. He loves the world as a whole. That's what he says here. God so loves the world. Uh, he loves it as a whole, but he loves individuals, individuals specifically. He loves you and me this evening. He knows us. Aren't you glad? Of that? Isn't that amazing truth tonight? Uh, that the God of heaven knows you. He knows your name. He knows your address. He knows exactly what's going on in your life. He knows what's taking place in this church tonight. Uh, and not just in the church generically, but with the, the individuals that make it up. He knows us individually. And not, not, not just that He knows us, but He loves us. And he's demonst He demonstrates that. Not that He, uh, he has, He does. He, he, he gave us the Word of God. He gave us a church. That's demonstrations of His love. He gave us the Spirit of God to dwell within us when we get saved, to guide us and to convict us and to comfort us, to come alongside us and to help us uh, in this world. God demonstrates His love and He blesses us on a regular basis as well. Uh, the fourth pair is believe and have. Believe and have. In order to have eternal life, Obviously, what? you got to believe upon Christ. Don't confuse knowledge of facts with true belief because, again, one can, one can know the facts without knowing Christ. Basically, what we need to understand, uh, one must understand the facts as they're presented in, in the Word of God and then consciously receive Christ as Savior. What do you mean by that? Well, basically, you know, you've got to be old enough to understand the facts of God's Word. This is what the Bible says, all of sin comes short of the glory of God. Uh, that the wages of sin is death. And we need to be able to understand the concepts of that. Uh, that listen, he's not just talking about sin in general. He's talking about my sin. The wages of my sin is death. Not just uh, in a generic sense, but uh, I am a sinner. I am without hope. I need the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as my Savior. Uh, and so we need to understand those facts and then consciously, by faith, exercise faith and and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. We're not saved because we prayed a prayer or because we shed a tear. We're saved because we understand, understood our need and we asked Christ to save us. I mean, salvation, I've heard it said like this, salvation is not easy, but it is, it is simple. I mean, it is simple, simple enough for us to grab a hold of that uh, if, if we can understand the truths uh, from His Word. And then this, isn't it amazing uh, how the Word of God and the Spirit of God work together in the heart of man to bring about this work that takes place within the heart of mankind? 
again, we see how the second word grows out of the first. He that believeth hath. Again, uh, again, we see that believe hath. And you need to understand tonight, I believe we do, uh, that salvation is a present possession. It's not that we... Uh, the Bible says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. That is a present possession right now. It's not, it's not when we pass from His life... It's right now. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son hath not life. Uh, he that believeth have. We can look at several verses. We won't do so for time's sake tonight. Uh, but throughout the book of Acts and the book of John, uh, you emphasize believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. Not just a, not just a factual belief, but a faith. And I know I said that we need to understand the facts, but ultimately it is putting our faith and trust upon the Lord Jesus Christ. As we believe on Him, we have everlasting life. And then the last two are perish and life. Perish and life. In these two words, we have the eternal destination of everybody on the top side of this earth. Those that are perishing are those without Christ. Those that have life are those that have Christ. There are, there, there's no in-between. Man's eternal destiny hinges upon what one does with the truths of this one verse. So let me ask you, what have you done with this verse? And not only individually, but what have we done uh, uh, corporately as, in sharing the truths, and sharing and showing the love of God uh, uh, to this lost and dying world? Now very quickly, alright, very quickly, turn over to the book of Ephesians. I want to show you this and, uh, and just uh, give you just a couple things from Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, I'm going to read just a few verses and then give you three or four more things and, and again we'll be done tonight. But regarding the so of God's love, the so and how much, it, it displays how much He loves us. And I'm going to read verse 14 down through verse number 19. But verse 18 is where we're going to spend uh, again just the next couple minutes. And so just stay with me uh, and then we'll be done. The Bible says there in verse uh, number 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened, uh, with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, all right? May be able to understand. We've been talking about John 3.16, the love of God and how much He loves us. The, 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 and then He goes on that may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, and the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ with which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, uh, in verse number 18, Paul speaks again, he uses the word breadth, length, depth, and height of the love of Christ. And that is, that's the so, that's the so of God's love. And he goes on to say that it was his prayer that we would be rooted and grounded in love, and that we would be able to understand something about how much God loves us Therefore, again, the, the, the message tonight is, yes, that we would understand how much God loves us, be reminded of that, 
But then uh, take that then and allow God to transfer and transform us and and showing that love to a lost and dying world. Uh, And the way in which we comprehend the love of Christ is literally by looking at the cross and considering, verse number 18, the breadth of God's love. This is seen at the cross in the superscription or writing that was placed above the head of the Savior in Luke chapter 23. These three languages at that time embraced the whole of the ancient civilized world at that time. And so the breadth of God's love is seen in the wide-stretched arms of the Savior upon the cross. That's how wide His love is. His love encompasses all of mankind, every race. I tell you, there's such a divide right now, but understand, there is no divide with God. Therefore, there should be no divide with us either. either. Uh, Everybody's blood is red and everybody has a soul. Uh, Everybody's going to spend eternity either in the presence of God or separated from God forever and forever. And the breadth of God's love is seen in that He died for the entire world. The length of His love is that He gave His only begotten Son. This speaks to how far He would go to save mankind. While on the cross we hear the Savior say, one of the sayings of, the, of, of Jesus is, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? It was at that moment that Jesus literally... Now listen, I, I can't really uh, communicate the, all the particulars, but at that very moment, theologically, Jesus became sin for us. He took upon Him the sin of all mankind, not just the the sin at that time, but the sin of past, present, and future. All of the sin of all mankind upon Himself at that moment. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, let me read that scripture to you. I'm in the wrong direction. That'll that'll mess you up every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 2. It also will mess you up when you write the wrong verse down. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 21 does not exist, all right? But understand this, understand this, that uh, he became, the Bible says, and it does say that, someone, someone knows it, uh, help me out, but he literally, huh? There it is, 521, that, that's always a help. Uh, but he literally became sin for us uh, as he was placed upon the tree, the cross, uh, if you will. That's how far God would go. He would send his only begotten son to die in our place. That's the length of God's love. The depth of it is that whosoever believeth on him should not perish. The, 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 the depth of his love. At the cross we see him uh, hanging between two criminals uh, two malefactors, if you will, justly crucified for their crime. And you recall the scene uh, at the cross. Uh, and at that cross, we can see the depth and we can see the height. Uh, and, and it's wonderful to listen uh, as we read that portion of Scripture as one recognizes uh, who he's hanging beside. One of them is railing on him. One of them is, uh, is saying, "If you listen, if you're God, save yourself." And the other one says, "Listen, uh, uh, don't you understand who we're hanging beside? Uh, we justly deserve this, but He has done nothing." And remember the little, the the uh, likely one of the greatest salvation prayers ever uttered. Uh, he said, "Lord, remember me when Thou comest into Thy kingdom." You said He gets saved. I believe He got it. 
I believe in God. He understood who he was hanging beside. He understood his unworthiness that he uh, hung there justly uh, and Christ unjustly. And he said, Lord, he recognized him as Lord. And he said, remember me. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me uh, in paradise. Uh, God can reach way down. That's the, the depth of God's love. He can reach way down there. Uh, and so don't ever give up on praying for folks. Don't ever, uh, these people that reject God, that want nothing to do with God, that go out of their way to, uh, to reject His Word, just continue to beseech the throne of grace and asking God to work in their heart because His love can reach way down there. I like in Psalm 40 when David said, he talked about how that God reached down, he heard his cry and he reached down to that miry clay and that pit and he lifted him up and set his feet upon a rock. That's how far down God God's love uh, can reach. The height of God's love is that those who are saved have everlasting life. I mentioned that thief on the cross that cried out to the Savior. Uh, he was given everlasting life. That's how far His love can lift a sinner like me. All the way up into the glories of heaven. Don't deserve it, not one bit, but praise God I'll get to go there because God loved me that much. What what love, what wondrous, wondrous love. Now, <clears throat> this is like this is the most important message that we will ever hear and that we will ever tell. Not, not because it's from me, okay, but it's from God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. One, one doesn't look, only have to look at the words of John 3.16 to see the love of God. Again, we can cast our eyes back upon the cross and that, that demonstration of his love for us that he gave that we might have life. <clears throat> Child of God, I know on a Sunday night, uh, likely, that, you know, I, of course you can't see hearts, you don't know where people are spiritually, but those that are those that name the name of Christ, you have a testimony of salvation tonight. You know Christ. If you don't have one, get uh, seek the preacher out or, or someone and get that matter taken care of. Uh, get that matter uh, nailed down. But those of us that are saved, listen. Let, let's. I, I just want to encourage. I, I know it's. Uh, hopefully, it's not been too. I've not spoken too fast. But I, I'd like you to go back throughout this week and dwell. Dwell upon Ephesians chapter uh, number 3 and verse uh, number 18 about the breadth of God's love, the length of it, the depth of it, and the height of God's love to you and I. And allow that love, allow that love to motivate us to not only, not only uh, serve God, but to involve ourselves in seeking to reach this world with this most important message that God loves God gave, and God saves. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Stand with me, if you will, and we'll have a word of prayer, and uh, pastor will come. Father, thank you so much for your goodness tonight, and so thankful for the privilege to be able to just stand and uh, be able to read the Word of God. I pray that you could use it uh, tonight to challenge us, Lord, to change us. God, specifically in the areas, in the, in the time frame in which we find ourselves and our nation and all of, the, all of the turmoil and all of the wickedness that is on display,